All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 6 of the Daily Faceoff Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. we got Dylan D. Berthium, Michael Beebs Bondi with us today. Uh, I think this is our first ever real mock draft episode. We've kind of done something similar in the past, mm-hmm. but this one is a, is a real mock draft, a live mock draft, and all three of us are going to be picking teams today um so we'll start with you Biebs here how you doing today you are sitting here with first overall picks so yeah. you must be pretty happy got the juicy number one won the lottery here boys i am doing great do you guys remember a few years ago we actually i think the way we did it we would just choose all three of us would choose a team and then we put together a fourth team and we always had one uh twitter uh patron i can't remember his name but he would always claim that fourth team and yeah. try to take us on love that now we did a full draft um here we are i guess before i start i start i'll say hi to d over there how you doing Decent here with the 12th overall pick. Yeah. Happy to be here. I actually love being on the swing, um, especially this year. I think just the way the position value shakes out, um, I'm in a good position to yep. really go after the wingers early and then being able to fall back on uh, some center iceman, D goalie later in the draft. So I'm very happy and comfortable drafting around um, the end of the first round yeah. this year. This is a 12-team draft, by the way. Yeah, 12 um, teams, uh, starting two centers, two left wings, two right wings, four defensemen, two goalies, and four bench spots. Uh, and I'm sitting right in the middle, sixth overall. So we try to give you guys 
uh, a little bit of variety here, both ends of the spectrum and then right in the middle. So um, before we get going here, I, the the 12 spot does seem nice. Like I was jealous. I wanted it. Yeah. I, it's a nice spot to be. <laughs> I noticed like in fantasy football, I don't always want it. It's a little bit more difficult. You have but to in reach, hockey, yeah. just, Everything's a little bit deeper and it seems... Um, it seems like you can get a lot of good guys and, and drafting two in a row is, is always enjoyable. Like yeah. being at the tops, obviously. Yeah. Well, hockey obviously doesn't have the same position scarcity that, that football mm-hmm. does with the running backs, right? Like there's a huge disparity between yeah. the top five or 10 running backs and football between whatever's left after that. So that's why I think it's tough being on the, the swing in football. Cause there's a good chance that you're just not going to get a chance to take one of those, uh, premier running backs. Whereas in Hockey, it's a little bit less, like you said, and and like we always say, like the center ice position is by far the deepest, um, and that's just another reason why I love the swing because you know there's at least three straight centers that are going to go in the first round mm-hmm. of every draft, which just means there's going to be um, you know that many more elite wingers for me to comb through at the turn there. Yeah, me and D actually did a keeper draft last weekend. I had the swing, I had the tenth pick. There's only ten teams, and I took both top goalies. So um, it's it's not a bad position to be in if you want to be crazy like that. Um, obviously, this is a twelve team. Uh, you guys will see how it shakes out when it gets to d there but um you know like you said it's uh it's nice to be on the swing if you did get that pick in your drafts don't uh don't be beating yourself up it's not bad no it's not too bad at all yeah. so yeah that's kind of what this the show is all about is just to give you guys some perspective of you know who could be going where what kind of players you could land in certain rounds that you might not think you can get there yeah. um and we're just going to try to give you some draft strategy and we'll talk about our picks and, and why we went the way that we we did um, and, and you know why we built the rosters the way that we did. So yeah. uh, without any further ado, let's get started here. Beebs, you're on the clock with the first overall pick. Who are you taking? I was sweating a lot. I actually had to use Brock's top 250 um, rankings that are now on daily faceoff for this one because I, I didn't know what to do. I'm kidding. It was Connor McDavid. I don't have to say anything more. 123 points a year ago. It was never a question for me not to take Connor here. Never should be. Um, I mean, it could be, but uh, we are doing standard scoring. So our goals count the same as points. Gimme Connor, 1-1. One, one. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier in the centers and left-wing previews. D, you said that you would maybe entertain the idea of going Leon number one. If we the roles were reversed here and you had one and Biebs was at 12, do you think you would have been able to pull that trigger? I would have just for the sake of talking about it because, like I said, I think there's, um, there's some real value there because I, I really do feel like uh, you can confidently say he's going to outscore McDavid by at least five goals and should most likely, just based on their past track records, finish within 10 points of him, right? So I'll just take the goals over that because in this format and in most formats, you get a little bit more out of the goals. But um, certainly if you know there's not as much uh, as a stress put, placed on the position um, with how the rosters are built up, like we said, if you're using forwards or skating, skater positions, things like that, then yeah, definitely all things considered equal. Uh, I would definitely take McDavid, but yeah, I think because he's going to most likely score more goals than him and, and should be in that same ballpark, at least of his, his point total, uh, I would go dry settle here. It's easier to say that in a mock draft though, than in a, a real actual fantasy league where I've got to I couldn't do it. deal with passing uh, on McDavid for seven or eight months. Yeah, that's, a t- that's tough to watch when you see him zinging up and down the ice. I mean, it's not like dry is a bad player, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's it would, be def- it would be, it'd be tough to pull that trigger. Um, you spoke about format for a minute, just to let everybody know, not a banger league from us. If you're surprised, you shouldn't be. Um, goals, assists, plus minus, power play points, and shots on goal for skaters. Goal or wins, uh, goals against average, save percentage, and shutouts for goalies is the format we went with. Speaking of Leon Draisaitl, he goes number two. Austin Matthews third. Nate McKinnon fourth. Kale McCarr fifth, which puts me on the clock here with the sixth overall pick, and I'm going with Nikita Kucherov. Um, no brainer really for me here. 
I have Kucherov rank uh, number four overall, so kind of an easy pick here for me at six. Um, he's just one of five players that I have projected for 100 plus points this season. He's like outside of Dreisaitl, he seems like the only other guy that could really uh, threaten Connor McDavid for leading the league in points this year. Obviously, Matthews can score 70, um, but I don't know if he's going to put up 120, 130 points that it would take to lead the league. McKinnon, like we said, still haven't seen him over 100 yet, but uh, Kucherov, we've seen him up there. We've seen him do it before. Could happen again. So I'm going to take Kucherov here at six. First right wing off the board. Yes, it is. Uh, following Kucherov, we've got Kirill Kaprizov at seven, Miko Rantanen at eight, Andre Vasilevsky nine, Igor Shosturkin at ten. So back to back goalies going off the board here in the first round. And the last pick before Dylan is Jonathan Huberdeau, left wing from the Calgary Flames, going eleventh. So you got two picks here, D, at number twelve and thirteen. Where are you going? Uh, yeah, so obviously those top three centers went McDavid, Matthews, and McKinnon. Uh, like I said, those guys are obviously going to go on the first round, which is great for me because I was never going to have a chance of getting them anyway. And like I said, it takes three straight centers off the board. Uh, similarly, I'm happy to see Vasilevsky and Shesterkin go in front of me here. Uh, I think they're terrific values, but to me, the way I like to build a team, I would just much rather capitalize on the elite forward talent here. I just think it's it's way less harder to find that later in the draft and throughout the season, where as good as Vash and Shesterkin are, um, I don't know. I, I personally don't feel that you know you can bank on them outproducing the goalies that are going to be there later in the draft uh, to the same degree that you can with these forwards. So uh, yeah, definitely look into the wings here. Um, I feel I can get, like I said, lots of value at the center ice position in the middle and late rounds. So for me, Ovi is a no brainer here. If he slides to the turn in redrafts, uh, he's one of the few 50 goal threats left on the board here. And I really love being able to build my team around that reliable goal scoring, uh, shots are a category in this league as well. So he should be right up around there with the league lead gives me uh, a really nice, um, edge on two of the prime categories right there and of course power play points as well so uh much easier to add those assist heavy pass first players in the middle and later round so again happy to see huberto go in front of me here because i really didn't have a whole lot of interest for him here and that is why for the second pick same idea i'm going to go kyle connor here Ooh. over maybe matthew kachuk um Con- like it. so early pick by adp but we have him ranked firmly inside our overall top 10 so i'm quite happy to take him here talked about his potential to be a 50-50 guy this year and again given that goal scoring upside I'm going to take him over some of the other 100 point threats that are still looming on the board um, Kachuk and Marner in particular so um, and then my parents also met Kyle Connor while tailgating at a Kenny Chesney concert in Detroit that's huge and he was allegedly a nice young man so not only will I be drafting him I will also be making him the mock captain of my mock draft nice (laughs) that'll that'll move him up the board too um, on any draft board if you know yeah so ideally, I had one left and one right side, but at this point in the draft, you know, I, I'm not going to let that be anything more than a tiebreaker, and I, I really do just prefer Connor that much more than the right wingers. So I'm happy to double up on the left side here because uh, the options will get very, very scarce uh, sooner than later. Yeah, speaking of the right wingers, they come off the board here in a second, but right after Kyle Connor went Alexander Barkoff, then the top two right wingers, Matthew Kachuk and Mitch Marner. Um, and then you've got two defensemen off the board after that, Victor Hedman and Adam Fox, which brings things back to me, um, with the sixth pick here in the second round before I make my pick, I just, I'm really excited to get into real drafts that aren't with you guys, because like where I'm actually going to get Kyle Connor in some of these leagues, I'm going to be very excited about. Cause yeah, as you mentioned, he's in my top 10 and on, on, um, on Yahoo, his current ADP is 28. On ESPN, his current ADP is 28. So you're talking about early third round. So like you could realistically start with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, 
um, and then whoever else you you get and get Kyle Connor, and it's like, well, you're probably winning that league. It's a it's a really yeah. good start. So. Me and D are attached to the hip in leagues, which is an issue because it just leads to us fighting all year. But um, <laughs> yeah, because I'm not in a league without him, so uh, I can't do it. So here at second, uh, sixth pick uh, of the second round, I am going to go with Steven Stamkos. My rankings say to pick Artemi Panarin here. I love Panarin this season, but I just can't get over the idea of pairing Kucherov and Stamkos together on Tampa's top line and top power play unit. I think that's juicy. So to me, Stamkos and Panarin are very, very close. Um, and then just having I've drafted Kucherov already, I think it's a little bit makes that decision a little bit easier. Um, and then it helps that Stamkos has got the center left wing eligibility. So um, if I do falter at center uh, later in the draft, I can always kind of fall back on, on Stamkos. So yeah, I hope to get you in the playoffs because Tampa's playing 11 games, which is the least of any team in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, so, and uh, obviously the key want? thing in terms of his eligibility is the left wing, but with such a small bench that we're rolling yeah. with here, I think there's only uh, three bench spots, three or four bench yeah. spots. Four, um, very teeny. It, it's actually, it'll probably actually be a big help having that that center eligibility to go with. It just gives you that little bit extra roster flexibility. How brutal would that be to play against? You're watching a Tampa game and you just see their power play. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, put up another, another two quick ones. Yep. We'll see if I can add... Uh, Braden point to the mix later in the draft and just get the full top line together. But uh, right after Stamkos, Sidney Crosby, then Johnny Gaudreau, then Roman Yossi, and JT Miller. So that brings it over to Biebs at the turn here with two picks. Where are you going, Biebs? I am jumping for joy because our Temi Panarin just fell to me yeah, with believe the 24th pick of the draft. Um, and I, uh, I mean, this is a, this is a no doubter when he's sitting right there with some of the other names that are going and having the swing as well. I mean, I get to compare, I get two dudes, um, but yeah, 22 goals, 74 assists last year for 96 points in 75 games, getting a hundred point guy at this point in the draft, pretty wild, um, 11th in league scoring. So to get him, you know, more than double that, um, I love it. And, uh, as of right now, you know, Panarin gives me a ton of assists, and so does McDavid. So I'm going to have to make up for it with some goals later in the draft. And you know what? Here comes my boy, David Pasternak, with my next pick. I take him out of Boston. Did I screw this up? No, you got okay. Oh, sorry. I was like, I don't know if I got those the, the, the two paws. I just wanted to go back, back with those. But yeah, 40 goals, 37 assists for 77 points in 72 games last year. A whopping 312 assists for Pasternak. Or 312 shots for Pasternak. My apologies. One of few players who can get to that 300-shot plateau. I believe there's only six last year. And, um, you know, when I'm looking for goals and, and there's an obvious guy like this on the board, I had to go after it. I'm a little worried with Marshawn being out, but he's only really going to miss 70% of the, or sorry, 30% of the year. So he should be there for the other 70, which, uh, which should make up for, for that lost time. And realistically, we talked about it in our other episodes, Taylor Hall's filling in there. He should do a good job. Um, I'm not too worried about those, that 30% of the year that Marshawn's out. I love David Pasternak here and I am very happy with now a center left wing and a right wing. So I'm filling out the team. Nice fellas. Yeah, it's a good way to start. Uh, and then, yeah, getting Pasternak there obviously makes a lot of sense for you because, yeah, you went a little bit... Uh, I was a mess explaining things because I was so excited. I was like, I got Panarin and Pasternak. Yeah, a little bit goal heavy, or a little bit assist heavy there the first couple picks, but then, yeah, you're getting some much-needed goal scoring added to the squad with Pasternak. And, I mean, obviously I had Pasternak ranked higher than both of you guys be uh, before the season started. So, um, you know, obviously I like that pick. But uh, after Pasternak at 26, you've got Mika Zibanejad at 27. Chris Kreider, which is much earlier than any of us would take him. Someone but hey, likes him. You love to see that happen. Two goalies going next. You've got Ilya Sorokin and Jacob Markstrom going back to back. Um, and then leaves it to me here at number 30. 
I'm going to go with Sebastian Aho, center out of Carolina. Uh, I grabbed two wingers, my first two picks. I probably would have thought about Markstrom if he made it to me here. I love Timo Meyer. I love the idea of potentially adding another goal-scoring winger to Kucherov and Stamkos, but I uh, I feel pretty good about the high-powered offense I got going there. So I'll add some stability, some reliability with Sebastian Aho here. It's kind of difficult to pass on him at number 30. So Kucherov, Stamkos, Aho to start my draft. Following Aho, we've got Timo Meyer at 31. Friend of the show. Jake Gensel, 32. Aaron Ekblad at 33. Alex Debrink at 34, John Carlson 35, which mm. leaves two on the board here for you, D. Where are you going? I have to think for a second because I was hoping John Carlson would be here. Um, well, I guess I don't really have to think because I'm definitely taking Patrick Kane here. <laughs> um, I, I think he's one of the best values out there in redraft leagues this season. There's really no one left in this area that has anywhere near his floor or ceiling. So very happy to take him here as my first right winger uh, with Connor and Ovi making up the left side. I am set up quite nicely to reap the rewards of waiting to take the centers like I talked about in those middle rounds. I basically have three guys here whose production should be on par with any of these elite centers that have gone in the first three rounds. Um, And then, like I said, the center ice position players I'm going to be able to get later in the draft should be drastically outproducing the wingers that are going in there so this is set up and played out really nicely for me i'm happy with this uh, and i am just stalling a little bit because like i said i I was really (laughs) looking to go john carlson there um there are certainly other forwards i like here but honestly it's a group of about 10 to 15 guys and i'd be happy with any of them probably elias lindholm more more so than any of them I'd, i'd be the most happy with if i was to reach for one here um but the plan was always to start building out either my goalies or defense i thought it was going to be defense with carlson (laughs) Um, don't love the other options there. So instead I'm going to look towards the goalies, uh, and I'm going to go with UC Soros, uh, who actually should be an extremely reliable. Number one goalie. He's got a career save percentage of 920 actually never posted a season rate below 914. And now with Rene gone, he turned into an absolute workhorse last year. He led the league with 67, uh, starts, which Mm -hmm. is just insane. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Like I said, I wish I could have had Carlson because I feel a little bit better about the goalies I could get in a few rounds as opposed to the defensemen. But um, at this point, I think Saros is a much better value than uh, what's out there on the blue line. So I will I will happily take Saros and Kane here. Yeah, absolutely bonkers. He was second most shots on goal and put up those numbers. So to, for someone getting absolutely peppered to uh, to do all that, love the pick, D. Yeah, Probably the best pads I- in the draft, too. I don't. Uh, I don't love the pick because I was really hoping he'd yeah. fall to me. He here wasn't coming to me at in, all in the so. fourth round. I was really hoping I'd be able to start a bit of a goalie run there. But um, you pass on Elias Lindholm, and he goes right after Saros uh, with pick thirty-eight. Jack Eichel goes thirty-nine. Jason Robertson goes at forty. Friend of the show, Jake Ottinger, another goalie coming off the board here at forty-one. Elias Pettersson at forty-two, which leaves it up to me here at forty-three. And to be honest with you, I don't really, like, for being as early as it is in the draft, I don't really love anybody in this spot. Who's he taking? I would have much preferred to be at the 12 spot uh, over the 6, because I think you you haven't had to make a difficult decision yet. I no, mean, we're it, both chilling on every, the ends. Everything has just kind of fallen right in your lap here <laughs> well, so far. Well, I mean, D. I could have got Carlson there yeah, instead. And but then. I mean, Saros <laughs> is a decent, yeah, yeah, yeah. decent consolation prize. Um, so it's, for me here, I'm, I think I'm just going to have to reach for a guy that I really want and hope because I I feel like Beebs probably is going to snag him if I don't. So I'm going to go with Kevin Fiala. I don't 
love it, but like I said, I, I think Beebs might grab him <sighs> here at the four or five. Yeah, he turn. was not making it. Yeah, so it, the fact that he wasn't going to make it back, I just kind of had to take a reach here. So I'm going Kevin Fiala from LA. Um, don't love it. I would have liked it around later, but it, it's it's fine. I love Kevin, and it'll be good. We'll be fine. I yeah. hope I'm not wrong about him. No, um, I'm kind of glad because whenever Kevin's on my teams, he doesn't perform. So oh, I'm, so glad, I'm glad you took him. He'll so. be fine on my team then. Uh, after Fiala, Brady Kachuk, Mark Stone, Mark Andre Fleury, um, who would have been the guy I was kind of leaning towards, like Freddie Anderson, Mark Andre Fleury. I was thinking about goalie, but. Seems a little early for them, too. So, Moritz Sider at uh, 47, and then now you've got two in a row, Biebs. Ooh, I, I love this. I'm kind of hoping uh, every draft I do in the future, I get one of the one of the ends, because this is great. Um, Mo Sider going there allows me to take someone I have ranked higher um, at the exact same position, and that is Quinn Hughes out in Vancouver. Um, I, I'm pumped, because kind of like D said, you know, he was looking at D and the D isn't great. And I was kind of looking, I was like, crap, it's going to make it to me here. And I don't really know what I want to do, but I'm happy with Quinn Hughes. I have another super assist heavy player. Uh, one thing I will say is good luck to anyone trying to beat me in assists this year in this league. Cause I'm going to dummy you um, sixth in league points for defenseman last year. Um, and with him coming off the board a lot later than the six D man, um, I am cool with that. Not a lot later, a couple picks after that. Um, obviously the lack of goals is something that I am, uh, looking to make up for. And I'm still going to have to do that later in the draft. Passion act didn't solve all my problems, but I'm completely fine with a defenseman who gets near a point per game. Who's just in his low twenties. Um, I'm kind of taking him here for the, the ceiling as well. Um, I have some space to do that. And, uh, and I realistically don't like the D men that probably will come back to me in a couple picks. Um, I just, yeah, that, mid, that middle of the board. So I might as well get the D out of the way. I now have a center left wing, right wing and a D. Why not go another position and take a goalie off the board? I'm actually kind of like giddy about this one. I have Frederick Anderson going with pick 49 here from Carolina. Um, he's currently the eighth goaltender off the board in Yahoo leagues. And personally, I had him at sixth on my, uh, actually the DFL podcast had him at six on our, on our ranking. Um, and you get him at the sixth goalie, and off, get the him at the sixth goalie off the board because I, I know he's not coming back. Uh, we've mentioned in other episodes, but second in goals against average last year, third in save percentage, seventh in wins, and sixth in shutouts. This guy was just a category stuffer. Carolina's a great team, and now I have a goaltender one. He's not going to score any goals for you either. but No, he won't. So we're still looking for goal production um, <laughs> on the Beebs Warriors. Speaking of goal production, Vladimir Tarasenko goes next at 50. Andre Svechnikov at 51. Gabe Landeskog at 52. His ADP dropping a little bit with the injury news. Uh, Claude Giroux, 53. And that leaves me here in the fifth round with pick 54. To me, this is a a no-brainer. I can hit this pick fast enough. I'm going with Evander Kane. I'm super high on Kane. I'm certainly the highest on this podcast um, when it comes to Evander Kane. And just because he looked phenomenal on McDavid's wing last year, and he should be there all season uh, this year, he's he's got, to me, like, he's the type of player that's got league-winning upside, similar to kind of like Patrick Kane, like, right? Like, Kane's yep. going later than he should, and if he, it all goes right, he just is like, you know, classic Patrick Kane. Like, he's got league-winning upside there in the third round. So, so Kane-positive podcast. Yes, yeah. So then Vander Kane, I think, has, like, he was on pace for 50 goals once he signed with the Oilers last year, so... um yeah, I think that, you know, he, I don't know if he's going to score 50, but he's going to score 40. Yeah. And I'm perfectly fine with that. So, uh, yeah, I've got a couple wingers now, one center, four wingers, 
Pretty happy with that. We'll get some centers later in the draft. After Vader came, we've got Thatcher Demko at 55, who was the only other guy that made me give me a little bit of pause, but I couldn't pass on a Vander. Uh, Philip Forsberg at 56, Evgeny Malkin at 57, Morgan Riley, 58, and Sergey Bobrovsky, 59, leaving two to you here. D, I'm certain I know one of them. Hmm. I can't guess. <laughs> He's only talked about him on every show this year. I. I should probably look at taking the Tang here, but there's two guys that I was telling myself if they if they were both here, I was absolutely going to take them. So we're still going to do that. Like I said, I think Latang would be a really nice first defenseman to get at this point in the draft. But I do also think I can wait a couple more rounds and still fill out a respectable starting decor. And I think I'm set up okay. We'll see what the, I get for a second goalie because I'm not going to go there yet. But... I'm willing to take that risk because I was able to get Saros as my number one. So I'm going to really solidify uh, my forward core here. I'm going to start by finishing off my starting wingers, which is an awesome thing to be doing in the fifth round. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was always going to take Nylander here. I was pretty certain he was going to fall. Talked about him already this preseason. If you want a deeper dive, definitely go back out and listen to the right wing episode. But I just think given his upside um, and how thin the right wing position is, he should be going at least a round earlier than his current ADP. So I will happily take him here, uh, fill out my starting wingers, and now have some really great flexibility the rest of the way. Not so much in terms of actual roster flexibility, like you know multiple positions, but really being able to... Um, to kind of pick and choose, take the centers that are there um, when I feel good about the value and otherwise um, start building out uh, my, my blue line and, and finish off the crease. So yeah, it's coming together pretty nicely so far. Um, yeah, your team looks like a And horse. like I said, I definitely yeah. could look to the blue line here and Wagon. go with Latang, but instead I'm going to take the undervalued center of the draft since I did wait so long to take one. Center. I think there's still good value to be had here in the next few rounds. But by taking Jack Hughes, oh, there it is. here to open up the sixth round, uh, I'm going to add what I obviously feel is an elite, elite talent um, to my forward group and my favorite breakout candidate of the year. Um, and home leagues, you could honestly probably wait another round to get him. His ADP is in the 90s. I'm taking him at 61 here. But with the long swing, I'm going to go ahead and make sure that I do get him here before Brock or Biebs even have a chance. Uh, to consider it, so yeah. would have I, been I, good to steal. Him. I said, oh, I said he should be going at least three or four rounds earlier than his ADP in redraft leagues, and I will make good on it here and take him sixty first overall. To oh. your point here, his ADP is around ninety. You wouldn't pick again until eighty four, so yeah. you're pu- you'd be pushing the issue a it, little it is, bit there. It's a risk. Never. Yeah. You got to reach on the swing to get your guys, yeah. Um, because yeah, you can't just you know let the let the draft board dictate who you end up with. You got to make sure you're filling out your roster, follow your plan. Um, and certainly, you know, reaching for Jack Hughes yeah. is part of my plan in every draft this year. And like so. Brock said, you're battling us, so you know, uh, we know how much you love him, and uh, every time you talk about him, we lo- we like him. Oh, a little these bit mock more, trades so, uh, I would have sent you yeah. if you had oh. picked him. I oh. would have loved to just take him at 78, like <laughs> just to watch these face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would have had to to clip that just just, uh, just see the life the just drain out of him. Yeah. But uh, drain out of his mustache. <laughs> stolen from me in the next pick here is Nikolai Ehlers at 62. I would have been certainly looking to go with another winger there in Ehlers, but he goes 62. John Tavares 63. Tavares now a little bit injured, uh, oblique strain, expected to miss at least the first yeah. four games of the regular season, but. Made that decision easier going Hughes because it was a thought yeah. in the back of my mind that it's it's a statement taking he was before yeah. Tavares for sure. But John, it's a statement a I'm happy to make. Yeah. yeah. Sam Reinhart goes 64. Evgeny Kuznetsov 65. Chris Letang 66. Um, 
with Latang and Ehlers going, I think this makes my decision a little bit easier. Yeah, Latang um, would have been a great fall there. Yeah, Latang at 67 would have been great. I would have happily taken him. But with him going right before me, I think it's time to grab my first goalie of the draft. And I'm going to go with Connor Hellebuck here at 67th overall. I'm higher than Hellebuck, um, than most on Hellebuck. I think he's going to have a nice bounce back year. I really love the hire of Rick Bonus, like I've said before. Um, on the goalies podcast, uh, I just think that the Jets should be much better defensively with bonus at the helm. Um, you know, I think that maybe Kemper and Tristan Jari would be a little bit of safer picks here. No, leave them for me if yeah. they want to make it over there. I, I think that would be safer options than Hellebuck in this spot, but I think that Hellebuck's got like much better upside. If things do go well in Winnipeg and bonus is a good hire, I think that Hellebuck could really return to like the top five fantasy status we've seen from him before. Absolute workhorse too, right? Yes. So uh, whereas you can't as much say the same about the other guys. Kemper, ideally he would be, but obviously injuries have, have been yeah. uh, a constant there. Uh, and then Yari, younger goalie, you know, had some injuries. It's more so that we really just haven't seen him start 60 games before. But Hellebuck could legit start seven. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like I brought up too, Saros being second most shots on that. Hellebuck was first. Um, he got peppered last year and he sure, still played just decent. In, in the, like, I get him at pick 67 and that might be representative of how many games yeah. he plays this Brock's season. Brock's first goalie off the board. Yes, love to see it. Uh, Nazem Kadri goes 68, which makes me feel way better yeah. about my Hellebuck pick. Those um, help. Also yeah. love the fact that I, I I ended up going with Sebastian Aho earlier because you you can see the kind of the, the bottom falling out a little bit here of the centers with Kadri going 68th, Line A 69th, nice Pavel Buchnevich 70th, Darcy Kemper 71. So Biebs, you said you wanted Kemper or Jari to fall oh. to you. Kemper goes one spot before you. I go in Jari. I I I have to. I got two <laughs> picks here. Um, I'm looking at the next goalies on the board, and I just don't love a Jack Campbell or a, a Jeremy Slavin or a Jonathan Quick. Ugh, I didn't even want to say the name. Um, I also wanted Patrick Laine, uh to help in that goal situation yeah, that I've been you, chatting about. Um, yeah. That's okay, guys. I'm gonna adjust. I'm an on the fly guy, so I'm just gonna go with Yari first. Allow me time to think about this second pick. I love Yari. Um, last year, 34 wins, 2.42 goals against average, and a 919 save percentage. He was top 10 across the board in those ones. As my second goalie, I've now just solidified my goaltending yeah. for the year. And uh, I've been burned by by shitty goaltending in previous seasons. I just don't want to cross that bridge. Not happening this um, year. So getting Yari out of there and looking at those next names off the board, I, I just couldn't couldn't swallow the fact that I might have to get a Campbell or a Quick. So... Um, I'm good with this. Now I can, you know, grab the guys who are falling in the draft, get a couple sleepers. Um, with my next pick, though, I am going to, I don't even know if this addresses my goal scoring, but uh, let's just add some more points to the team. I got Drake Batherson coming in at 75. I might be the highest of all of us on Batherson. I actually had him in my top 15 wingers. Um, fill in my right wing slot, which, as we mentioned, it's uh, the wings are a bit more thin than the center. Certainly. I know I could get some better names down the line. Um, in the center position. But last year before Batherson got injured, he had 34 points in 31 games. If I could get anywhere close to that production, even with the rest of his season, he still had 44 points in 46 games. We've now got a better cast in Ottawa. I'm a little bit worried about power play time, but I'm willing to take that risk if he can get on that top power play because it's going to be absolutely disgusting. Um, obviously, to bring Kat and Drew there should help. He should be locked on that first line as he was last year. 
I was really excited about Batherson here. There's just not really uh, any names that kind of kind of made me jump for joy. Um, yeah, the, like Drake. The so. wingers are starting to look a little bit thin. I know me yeah. and D are definitely probably pretty happy right now, looking at our wings being completely filled out because yeah. it's starting to get a little dicey. And similar to what D did with Jack Hughes, there you almost had to draft a second goalie yeah. because then by the time the next 24 picks come around. There might not yeah. be very many good goalies. Left, I could be you stuck could... drafting the Leafs' third goalie <laughs> at that point. You might have ended up with like yeah, yeah somebody you weren't really thrilled about. Yeah, I think yeah, either I... a timeshare or a starter on on a bad, pretty bad, bad team. team. Yeah. yeah, so I, I think that was a good move yeah. by you. You I probably love just lock. That's in what I'm worried about back, right yeah. now. Yeah, so like you... even just getting to the the end of this upcoming round, whether or not yeah. I'm going to have. One of those few guys. Because I would love to end up with Jack Campbell at the end of this round, but yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. That was about the only name where I was like, I could maybe if Campbell makes it, but I don't think he's going to make it to me because looking at the other teams, they need goaltending help yeah. too. Um, Campbell or Swayman is what I'm really hoping yeah. for. After Batherson, we've got Matt Duchesne, followed by Tuvo Teravainen at 75, Devon Taves at 76, Drew Doughty at 77. Um, well, I need a defenseman, and... If you just listened to our defenseman episode, I think I talked about Shea Theodore for 10 minutes. You guys chimed in for about five more. I think we had a 15 to 20 minute discussion on Shea Th- Theodore. And how oh, the much- Shea Theodore show? Yeah, it was the Th- Shea Theodore podcast presented by DFO. So yeah, I'm going to go with Theodore in this spot. He's got an extremely safe floor somehow that consists of like 15 goals yeah. <laughs> and, and 35 assists. And I think the ceiling's massive. We mentioned the other day. Um, just two power play goals over the last three seasons combined seems almost impossible for the guy that's played as much power play time as he has and uh, as good of a shot as he has. So even if he bumps up to like five power play goals, you're looking at a guy who's probably going to score 20 goals from the blue line this year, which is extremely rare. And um, like we said, if he if Bruce Cassidy ends up going with a stacked power play one, we could see this um, be a big, big year for Theodore. So Waited a little bit on my defenseman. I was starting to get nervous when the tank didn't drop to me, and I went hellbuck where my defense were going to lie. But the fact that Theodore made it back to me at 78, I am thrilled about. Um, yeah. After Theodore, 79, you got Patrice Bergeron, Joe Pavelski at 80, Brian Rust at 81. Sorry, D. Jack Campbell, 82. That one more hope. Oh, but snaked. Spencer Knight at 83. So your boy Swayman is still there if you want him. Yes. The Swayman swing? Huh? Yeah. Absolutely. This is <laughs> this is one of my favorite picks of the draft so far. Because um, I was able to wait until the eighth round, or I guess seventh round, end of the seventh round, beginning of the eighth round, to take my second goalie. Um, and I still end up with, based on my own rankings, uh, two top 12 goalies in him, and Swayman and Soros. And I do think there was a really big drop-off here after after Swayman. Like I said, I was there ever? really hoping that there was a chance that... Um, him, talk about my either him or Campbell future would be second here. goalie like that. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was certainly fortunate to have him fall to me uh, after Campbell went, and even night before that, because that team definitely could have went with obviously Swayman instead. I'd much rather take Swayman than the timeshare and night, if you want to call it that. I just think he's a backup, so uh, I'd be much <laughs> less correct. confident with Quick or Georgiev or Logan Thompson as my second goalie. Um, so Swayman gives me an elite goalie duo when I really didn't set out to have that. So, um, the fact that I'm feeling so good about my forward group already, and now goaltending looks like it's going to be a strength for me that this is all coming together really nicely. Um, and now I get a second pick here. That's going to help save the team and really vindicate the strategy I've put out so far. 
um, save, the team. <laughs> save the whole, save the whole squad. squad. Such a strong squad. <laughs> uh, but it's true, right? Like this could all fall apart if I if I don't get the goalies and defensemen that are that are you know. Wait, do you be have a D? Yet? I don't. This is my first D. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so, oh. Um, D's first yeah. D. It's really vindicating going for those wings and and then even reaching for Hughes instead of like I said taking the tank. So it's a little early for Dougie Hamilton, but I need that first defenseman and I really want a reliable goal scoring defenseman to start off the blue line. Um, and like I said, can't can't be afraid to reach for guys when you're on the swing. So I'm happy to make a slight reach here. His shot volume and goal scoring ability very rare amongst D-men, similar to like Brock said with Theodore. Um, so I really like taking a D-man of his build here. Because uh, it's a lot easier to find those assist gods in the later rounds when we're talking about defense. So, uh, yes, I will go Dougie Hamilton here, pair him with Jeremy Swayman, um, and the team is saved. Team is saved. This is a good looking team. Um, you know, low key, you got the Jack Hughes Dougie Hamilton stack now. Mm-hmm. Like that, if that power play ends up being better, that could be. I, we, I don't think it could get much worse. No, so. it can't. Yeah. So, um, we're banking on Jack Hughes basically saving Dougie Hamilton, and we're banking on Dougie Hamilton yes. saving your team. So. All in all, if so, I think it, so. Yeah, I think it just all lies on Jack Hughes' shoulders at this point. But, Which uh, I'm more than comfortable <laughs> with. Put it on his little shoulders and D let him run. Uh, Jordan Cairo goes 86. Tim Stutzel, 87. Rossmus Dahlin, 88. Josh Norris, 89. Matt Zuccarello, 90. Ooh. They just put together the Matt Zuccarello Kirill Kaprizov. Ooh. Still don't want him at 90. Stack. It's kind of just Kaprizov. Yeah. Yeah, mostly. We like Zuccarello. Actually, at a point per game. The Stitzel teams got the uh, Stitzel to Brinkat combo as well. So we've seen some stacks going together. Probably started by D with his Hughes Hamilton stack. Must have been it. Oh, it wasn't the Kutrov Stamco stack? No, it was Hughes. Oh, oh, yeah. Couldn't have been that. I guess I It was Hughes Hambone. Now it's D's fault. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Who you taking? 91. This is a tough spot. Like, I feel like I'm going to end up with a lot of this guy uh, this year just because of where he's going. I, I really, really want to take Braden Point and get that Kucherov Stamkos Point connection because now we're seeing other stacks develop. That's I want the I thought triple, you were going. I want the triple stack, but I'm actually going to pass on Point. Huh? I don't want to put all my eggs in the Tampa Bay basket if that line ends up getting broken up or whatever maybe they won't be quite as good so having all three of them is a little difficult Beebs, you kind of you know with the least playoff games too like do i really want my three of my top fours all playing on the same team in those quiet weeks in the playoffs probably not so Who you take as you much make as i nervous sorry as much as i thought about braden point i'm gonna go with brad marshawn oh gonna go with oh. a black hole for the first oh. two months even though he's out the first few months of the season, <laughs> Marshawn is a first-round fantasy talent. Like, there's just no denying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if he only plays like 60 games, he's capable of putting up like 70 points. Um, so yeah, like, I think like once he comes back, obviously, right? He's, he was he's, not making it. No, on that swing. Yeah, and I, I like him in this spot. Like, I yeah. think I'm going to get a lot of him in this eighth round because yeah, like I don't care. I think you know I've got Kucherov, Stamkos, Aho, Fiala, Vander Kane to, to solidify things for the first couple months, and I think I can win enough games. And when Marshawn returns, this team is is looking that much better. So we're looking like a week eight return right now too. Which if you can, I mean, you can survive through yeah, seven he, weeks off straight up waiver wire they, hot hot they, pickups. Yeah, so, yeah, they talked about him or talked to him, and he said he's expecting to be back right around American Thanksgiving, which yeah. I believe is October twenty fifth. Um, so he's real. Or sorry, November twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say um, it's quite part of me. But so he's that's not that long. That that's the uh, week eight mark. I think we can. I think we can wait it out. I. Uh... I for me I I think you know it's okay value I'm happy to let 
other people take Martian this year or similar players that are going to be out for months at a time. Um, if you know, they're going in this range where we're still filling out our starting roster, uh, because I am, you know, I'm a pessimist when it comes to injuries and I'm kind of just assuming that one of the guys I've already taken is probably going to miss a couple months, whether it be at the start <laughs> of the year it, or not. Is it so, Hughes? <laughs> yeah. If you, it kind of just puts you in a spot where your roster is very fragile at this point that, you know, if a, you know, even Evander Kane or Fiala or God forbid Kutrov went down, your team's looking pretty thin at that point. Um, so I know the options aren't great, but that's why I like letting other people take Marshawn. Obviously, if you can get by in those first, you know, seven, eight weeks and, and turn out a positive record, then all of a sudden you're probably looking like one of the best teams in the league once he's healthy. So it's a big risk reward to it. But, um, yeah, me, I'm, like I said, I'm very pessimistic and I'm just assuming that one of these guys is going to take a knee on knee in the first week. Um, so I'm, I'm too scared to take a guy like Marshan cause, uh, I know that guys are going to get hurt, so I don't want to take a guy that is actually hurt already. The The reason I like him is when you look at the wingers that are kind of available here, like in terms of ADP at least, Marsha So, Caulfield, Boldy, Jesper Bratt, Clayton Keller, like those are guys that, you know, yeah. good seasons for them will be around like 65 points, where if Marshawn plays 60 games, like he's going to have 70 points. So it's just a, yeah, like I, I get it. Um, but I, I'm willing to take the gamble and hopefully Nikita Kucherov doesn't get hurt in the second week of the season and just completely destroy the team. But if he gets hurt anyway, it's, I'm not going to lose because I drafted Marshawn in the yeah. eighth. I'm going to lose because Kucherov is out already. So it's going to make it more difficult. Oh yeah. But, but with that said, Marshawn does make the one player that's out for a long period that is actually worth kind of reaching for. Um, so I, I, I do think, yeah, if you listen to the DFO podcast throughout the season, you will be given great tips on who to stream to try to make it through those weeks and still win games. So yeah. as long as you listen to this podcast, I think you can draft Marshawn, but if, you, if you're if you a pessimist like D, maybe avoid it. After Brad Marshawn at 92, we've got Jonathan Quick, Alex Petroangelo at 93, um, 94, Noah Dobson, Mir Heiskin at 95, which now leaves Biebs on the clock for two in a row. I left myself in a nice position here, fellas, because I kind of just can put plug in the best players available. Um and with that, I am going to take someone who Brock mentioned he would have taken to make his three stack. So when you're talking Braden Point, I was sweating over here. I actually made Kleenex's stock go up due to me straight up sweating and having to uh, take care of that. But now I'm picking Braden Point confidently with this pick. It's not often that you can grab a guy who, um, you know, is just a couple years off of a 41 and 51 season. Um, as you mentioned, Brock, we, uh, you know, Point's going to be there with Kucherov and Stamkos. That is not bad. Last year he had... Kind of a down year, we'd say it. Not kind of. It was a down year, but still had 0.88 uh, points per game, which ranked him 73rd in the NHL among all skaters. And with me getting him 96th at this draft, um, I will take that value right here. He was 25th in uh, in points in the last four, in four seasons. So if he can give me any of that type of production, it's an absolute steal. This is actually probably my fa- one of my favorite picks of the draft here, fellas. Um, and again, it's a it's a thirty goal producer who I can uh, I, I had to kind of look down that goal category with my next pick. I am going to um, break D's heart, and I I hate I hate doing this, but Mark Shifley is coming to Beeb's Bangers. Um, I don't even get How why different team names. Yeah, he given himself so far. Uh, you got to keep laying them down, and then one of them's gonna hit. <laughs> um, but at this point in the draft, this is complete steal. I'm still getting point per game players, and we're now almost into triple digit picks. That's 70 points in 67 games last year for Mark Shifley, uh, 29 goals, 41 assists. We've popped off about him on other episodes. I think if you're getting him this late in drafts, you are getting an absolute steal. It's not often you can uh, lock in a 30-goal point-per-game player at this point. 
So I'm very happy with my Mark Shifley Braden Point. With that said, I just did a center swing, so I now have almost filled out my centers. You have. You started with McDavid. Uh, that is true. So, I, uh, yes, we do have three, three center slots. But, uh, I mean, I could throw some bench boys out there, so we're still pretty good. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i super happy with that swing. I'm pretty terrified for anyone who has to take me on for points this year because uh, I got both Braden Point and my team's going to get a crap ton of points. So It uh, seems crazy to think, like, like they seem like they almost still went too late, and like their ADPs are so much later yeah. than where they. Yeah, I, I had to reach on these fellows. Yeah, which it makes is, uh, no sense. Yeah, if you can get them like here or later, you're uh, yeah, call yourself the Joker of the draft because you're gonna be laughing. So, uh, following Mark Shifley at 98 is Alexander Gorgiev, um, seemingly Colorado's number one goalie. I know uh, I was reading um, six goals post- last night. Yes, yeah, so well, he did give up six goals last night, but I was reading yeah. in the Post in the Athletic. That said, when they acquired Georgiev, Joe Sakic said we acquired him to be our number one. So I did change my rankings and give Georgiev the slightly larger share of the starts over Francois, but I still think it's going to be pretty close. And if six goals yesterday is any indication, again, first preseason action for Georgiev, yeah. but if it's any indication, Split it squad. might not be long before uh, Francois is in the net for the Avalanche. After Georgiev, we've got Braden Shen at 99, Pierre-Luc Dubois at 100, Jonathan Marcheseau at 101, which leaves me on the clock here at pick 102. This is, again... I, I, I feel like for you, especially you, D, everything just seems to be falling right in your lap. Where I feel like I'm just making constant difficult decisions here. Maybe I'm just making good decisions. Maybe I think it's just <laughs> I think it's just the end. When you get two in a row, you don't have to worry as much about who you're you're getting. You just take your guys. You got to worry about the second pick. I I do think there is a, a sort of piece that comes with being on the swing because it's you you can especially if it's a live draft you can walk away for 15 minutes like you don't have to worry about what's happening in between like yeah, if you do it is it'll nice ruin your whole to, night because yeah. like if you're like you're looking at a guy that's five picks away obviously he's not going to be there when you go back so yeah i think it, it's really easy just to kind of like sit back have you know follow your own plan and not get thrown off by what the draft is doing because you don't really have to worry about like oh four more picks to my next guy like if i wait to get this guy will he still be there so and those are i feel like the most disappointing moments in a draft, right? When you try to wait on someone because you think they're still going to yeah. be there and they're not. When you're on the swing, like you just have to accept that you, they're not going to be there if you wait. So. Yeah, pretty much. You just have to take your guys. Where at six, it's just a constant waiting game yeah. of just disappointment. Exactly. Put you there, Brock. Yeah. We knew you could handle it. Oh, um, I'm, I'm having a tough go yeah, here. Yeah. But live drafts in particular, like put me on the end all day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Go get a dip from yeah. the dip table. Oh, yeah. Go get a, go get a beer. Yeah, step Come outside. Back. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do. <laughs> we started four defensemen. <laughs> I want to go Zach Rowenski in this spot, um, but I still think I can probably get solid defensemen in the 10th round. So I'm going to go with Rupe Hintz um, because I think I can get a good defenseman in the 10th. I really don't think Rupe is going to make it back that far. He might not even make it past B or or D. He's only got got one center. So I think I got to reach here. Not reach, but grab Rupe as opposed to a defenseman. I'm still only sitting with one defenseman, but... I just really, really like Hints as my number two center option. So I got Aho and, and Hints as my one two down the middle. Really, really like that. Like I said, winger spots are completely filled. I've got my eye on two defensemen, and I'm hoping one of them makes it back. I'm can pretty much guarantee one isn't because I know D likes him. So <laughs> we will wait and see. But I'm going Rupe Hints here at 102. And following him was Cole Caulfield at 103. Oh, there goes Zach Rowenski, 104. Mm. 
Matt Boldy, 105. Brent Burns, uh-oh, here comes the D-run, 106. Tori Krug, 107. I'm screwed. 107. You're screwed. Oh, boy. <laughs> and D, you're on the clock here with 108 and 109. Okay. And I know one of the defensemen I like is gone. For well, sure. Yeah. Wierenski was the one I really wanted to take mm-hmm. here. Because similar to Dougie, and you could probably throw Burns in there, um, they got that goal-scoring upside that you're just probably not going to find after this point in the draft. So, uh, yeah, it'd be, it would have been great to take Morwenski here. Cause then I'd have two really goal heavy guys in Morwenski and Dougie. Um, and then I can make up for their lack of assist pretty easily on the blue line later in the next few rounds, but I can't do that now just to recap so far. I've got Ovi Connor on the left side, Kane Nylander on the right side, Hughes down the middle with an open spot to fill. Um, and then Dougie is my only defenseman, three spots to fill there. Soros and Swayman and goal. So I'm going to definitely have to pick another defenseman here. And it is going to be Evan Bouchard. Oh, I knew it. So, yeah. I, I think considering how long I waited to start building the blue line, I definitely want to throw a high upside play in here. Um, so a potential breakout candidate, my breakout candidate for the blue line, could end up providing a really big value on his ADP. He's definitely the fit here. Um, talked about him at length in the D-Men episode, so I'm not going to go too deep. But if he gets that power play one time, I think he'll be a top 10 defenseman. If he doesn't, uh, his production should still be more than serviceable as a second fantasy defenseman. So happy to take him here. And then uh, got to go center ice here. Again, I was hoping for hints. I knew that was probably a little optimistic, especially with Brock picking in front of me. So um, I will go with Trevor Zegris um, and hope he's okay. Yeah, he <laughs> yes. got crushed. Yeah. If this was a real, um, a real draft, I might go somewhere else here just because obviously that injury that would be a little bit more real and a mock. I'm, I'm going to be optimistic and hopeful for Trevor's sake that, you know, he'll be okay after a few days. So, um, but yeah, just another example of the value and upside you can get at the center ice position later in the draft. I feel really good about, uh, my goal production to this point. Um, this is really the first assist heavy guy I'm picking up, uh, past first player. So, um, and given his obvious breakout potential, there's a big possibility that his shot volume could take a big step forward this year. So I got guy like, honestly, I, my roster is full of guys that should be within the top 30 of shots on goal. So I think I'm in a good spot to clear, clean up in that category. And so I'm not worried about the fact that Zegris has only shot about two times a game last year. Cause you know, him being 19, 20 years old, uh, that could definitely improve. So a lot of breakout potential, uh, really no risk with where I'm taking him here at what was it? What is this? One Oh nine. So, uh, of course, just hope he's healthy. Um, and if he is, uh, squad's looking nice. The only update we've got so far from uh, Coach Eakins is we're sending him for a more in-depth I look. it was Eakins. Yeah, Dallas. <laughs> and hopefully we'll have those results by the morning. So we're in a holding pattern on that. So obviously no Our boy ha- real update, yeah. but doesn't sound great. great. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Our boy Adam Henrique stepped in and... Uh, tilted but uh i mean you hate to see that during yeah well I, yeah this i'm assuming he has to go for like a cat and an mri so it's probably not uh, you know it's not the quickest test to go and get done they probably have to go to the hospital for it so it's not like you know something they got just turned into there pudding in so you know yeah. Yeah. um at one sorry 110 we got zach hyman 111 our boy jesper brat 112 cam talbot 113 Ilya samsonov 114 darnell nurse Daryl. I was real nervous there. Okay, so one of the four defensemen I was pretty interested in did make it back to me. And I'm going to go, because I've only taken one so far. I'm going to take Thomas Shabbat. Shabboy. I I think 
he's safely a number two fantasy defenseman. I've got him at 16. Um, so he went a little bit later than that, I think. I can't do the math that it quick. It looks but like it, yeah. It's got to be a little bit later than the 16th defenseman off the board or in and around there. Regardless, I feel really good about him as my number two defenseman. Um, 55 points in 2019. He's averaged under 50 points in each of the last three seasons. 21st demon off the board. Thank you. Good yeah. counting. Steel. Thanks. And uh, yeah, which I, I just think with all the additions in Ottawa, I really like, we didn't get a chance to talk about Shabbat too much on the D episode. So I'll take this moment here to just kind of say that I really like him. I think he could have kind of a re- breakout or reemergence. Um, as the number one defenseman in Ottawa team that's truly kind of coming together here this offseason. So if that power play improves, I think you're going to see a little bit more from Shabbat. I think he could get back up over that 50-55 point plateau. Um, it could push for even in, even greater things. So um, yeah, as a number two defenseman here, I also have Shea Theodore. I really like the, the upside I've got with my two young defensemen. Um, in that 55-point campaign, he scored 14 goals in 70, 70 games. So uh, he does have double-digit goal upside. We haven't really seen it from him in the last two years, but, I mean, he's been right around that mark. They've only played 71, 49, and 59 games. So changes things a little bit. He would have got to double digits, I'm sure. So yeah. I got two defensemen that can score 15 goals. I really, really like that. Uh, 116 is Owen Power. Looking for some uh, some rookie love. Could be a great pick. Yeah, Could Owen be a Power. terrible pick. Yes. Could be. Who knows? I was. I feel much better Good. about Thomas yeah. Shabbat one pick ahead, yeah. but whatever. No, like, um, like I said, it could be a great pick. Yes. He is an yeah. incredible talent. It's sure a, is. Sure is. Risky. I just don't know if he's going to yes. be Marit Sider, but, you know. Well, yeah. I yeah. think that I think that if Marit Sider didn't do what he did last year, Owen Power wouldn't go quite as early. Like, yeah. Sider was barely being drafted last year. I think if Marit Sider had Rasmus Dahlin on his team, he wouldn't do what he did last year either. So yeah. that's my exactly. biggest concern yeah, that's, about that's, Power. That's, like, if Power was stepping into the same situation where it was like, here, like, you know, just have all the minutes you want, yeah. quarterback the first 100%. power play, then it's like, yeah, like, I'd be in for sure. But well, and, and if it was, very good. If it was <laughs> a team that was like, Better than Buffalo, you know, like you don't mind drafting a second exactly. on other teams, yeah. but we're talking Buffalo here. Yeah. Um, until they show us something, we're going to need to see it from you. I think Buffalo could be okay. I, I need to see it. But he's still going at the spot that if like you're a Buffalo fan and you just love Owen Power and maybe there's some reports out there about the usage that we're not quite in tune to. I don't think there are, but if there are, like I said, you, you want to take that swing, like yeah. he could, it's not that difficult for him to return value at this spot. I think the one reason it makes a lot of sense is this is the same team that drafted Kale McCarr. So it makes it a little little bit easier to take that gamble on the blue line if, yeah. if he doesn't perfectly pan out he's your number three defenseman your number one is basically like a number one and number two combined so, yeah but he uh, also has drew doughty so you know dude, uh, drew doughty was having a terrific year before he got hurt last year you heard what i said yeah you don't like drew doughty but i think Not he's all. very good he always still. goes so early i don't think i like i like him better than devontae's and one pick ahead of him that's fair but i like shay theodore about 10 times more well, one yeah, pick after. i was pretty i was pretty thrilled there yeah um but okay logan thompson goes 117 villy huso 118 anze kopitar 119 over to you beebs with picks 120 and 121 watching logan thompson and billy huso go in front of me after having my goalie solidify has solidified has me absolutely giggling over here i love it um I'm a massive Matchbox 20 fan, as we all know. So I got to go Robert Thomas here. We do, we do know. We do, we, we do know. That's my thing. Um, I'm grabbing another point-per-game player. Obviously, I'm going back-to-back-to-back to back to back centers here. A little surprised. It's a bold move, but as I mentioned, I have bench spots, and uh, this is a shallow league. So getting a point-per-game player at 124 last year, Thompson had 77 in 72 games, obviously fueled by a massive second half. I'm taking the bet that... You know, maybe he can work off that second half. But at the same time, shot a pretty unrealistic 17.4% last year on only 115 shots. I'm going to need a little bit more shooting from Rob. But at 23 years old, there's definitely still some room to grow from this guy. Um, He's an absolute minute machine out there. So uh, 
excellent two-way two-way player. That helps a ton. So yeah, I like I like Rob Thomas there. Um, again, point per game guy. Plus 17 last year. He's not going to hurt you in that category. With my next pick, Brock, can you look me in the eyes? Because I want to see how you react. Not going to love it. I'm going to take Lucas Raymond oh. from the Red Wings. Oh. Uh, this one this one was tough. I was looking, and Son there just is bitch. no right winger that stands out at all. Dude. Dude. Like, I don't. No, they're brutal. I don't. The next best right winger is maybe one that comes from the exact same I thought, team. Yeah, so, I was gonna say that. Yeah, I don't really want to. I don't want to touch that. Um, I thought maybe you'd go Troy Terry instead of Raymond. I, 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 I thought like, about it. Yeah, I, I like Raymond it. obviously more, but you that like was, Terry, so I thought maybe there's a hope. That was actually the the one player that I had here, um, but I also thought I know that not everyone else is as huge on Terry, so I kind of thought I could get him later on if he does fall. But also, this does complete my right wingers. Well, I'm gonna draft um, Terry and trade him to you for Lucas Raymond at uh, some point. Yeah, yeah, we'll do we'll do Terry plus, but um, <laughs> uh, finishing third place in rookie scoring last year, twenty three goals, thirty four assists. Um, I'm kind of hoping for a, like thirty three production out of this guy. It's someone who's playing top power play, top line at one twenty five. I really like it, and someone I think is totally capable of a point per game as well. Um, I'm 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 always an upside dude when it comes to drafts, and if I could get someone who basically I'm drafting him at his floor. Um, then I'm going to love that. As mentioned, the rest of the right wingers are not too swell. So <laughs> I really enjoyed taking uh, you know, a 20-year-old tw- who's frick. He's uh, he's on the up, and uh, that, te- that team's on the up around him. Yeah, and, they are. Uh, yeah, so there we go, Brock. Nobody can be as up as the Colorado Avalanche where Bowen Byram goes 122, Justin Falk 123, very early. John Klingberg, 124. Byram's, Kling- sorry, Byram, that has to be the first, uh, third defenseman to go, right? Yes. Yeah. No. That's why I don't love Byram. And if we're talking Brock Shabbat pick, seven picks away from, from Byram, it's really, that's, that's a great value better pick. about yes. that. Yeah. John Klingberg, 124. Clayton Keller, 125. So I'm on the clock here at 126. Um, I should probably go goalie. I've only got Hellebuck so far. I've got 2D, my centers, my wingers are completely filled out. So if I go goalie here, I'll have two of each position. And there's only one guy that truly like is like a workhorse goalie still, yeah, on, a, he's still there. on a good team. So I'm going Jordan Binnington. Well, I do know how. It was the first half of last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's he's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's ranked as my number 16 overall net minor, so getting him as my number two, I feel very good about that. Um, brutal season last year, but in the playoffs, he had a 234 goals against average and a 949 save percentage in six playoff games. So maybe there is some hope. Um, also, Billy Huso's gone. So Bennington is not going to have to fight for minutes this year. Um, should be heavily utilized. And I do think that there's some bounce back potential. Um, there's some concern here a little bit for me. I think very clearly I could have outstanding goalies with Hellebuck and Bennington. Or be terrible. it could be the exact same thing as last year, and both of these guys could have a goals against average above three, and it could be an absolute nightmare, and I'll get just murdered every single night. So one of two things is going to happen. I am pretty confident in both of their abilities to bounce back. So I'm going to go Biddington here at 126. And at 127, Anton Forsberg. So that again, it's got to make you feel better. Yes. So I feel like things I've had to reach a little bit in this draft, but things the players going right after the guys that I take are making me feel much better about my pick. So Forsberg at 127, Tony D'Angelo 128, Rasmus Anderson. Ooh, D, that was that one stings. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I thought he would be there. Uh, Seth Jones 130, <laughs> Noah Hannafin, the other Calgary defenseman 131. So you've got two on the clock. No Rasmus Anderson available to you though. Right. I was going to go double defenseman here uh, if Rasmus was there. But I think now I will look to add 
um, a backup center because given the ones left on the board, um, I cannot turn down the goal scoring upside of Tage Thompson. So uh, nice. I'm going to take Tage here. 38 goals last year on 253 shots. I think people are really sleeping on that breakout campaign. Uh, doesn't have a great supporting cast, but he took a big step forward in pretty much all areas last year. Uh, and he's just an absolute Wookiee on skates. So nice. I feel good about making the bet here that he's going to be able to give me a repeat performance of what he did last year. Uh, and at least be able to give me somewhere between 30 and 35 goals. If he can stay healthy, um, it's a bit of a bet because, you know, we're looking at one year performance, but if he shoots the puck like he did last year and as often as he did, um, this will be a slam dunk of a pick. So, I, on I don't I love like we glossed over that. That was, that was cool. Uh, <laughs> I don't love, um, I don't love not taking a winger here or a defenseman, but like I said, I, I kind of can't turn down Tage here. So going to go with Tage. And if then, you combine Tage Thompson and Jack Hughes together, you might have like two regular sized human beings. Yeah, there you go. So that's actually what I was going for. Um, but yeah, I think Eric Carlson is a no doubt here. And he was, uh, always going to be here. I, I think he's a must draft. If, if you really take kind of the similar approach that I did here, where you really wait on filling out your blue line. Um, if you're going to pass on them in the early and middle rounds in favor of the, you know, much more attractive forward options, then Carlson gives me and you potentially a very steady floor, um, at the end of the draft here with some actual upside given the loss of Brent Burns. So, uh, another guy we talked about earlier in the week, so I will leave it at that. Definitely one of the best sleepers at the position this season, and I think he should be a steal as my 12th round pick. Yeah, love uh, both those picks. And Tage Thompson, like you said, you, you kind of feel like you could have went winger, but it was a real draft. Zegers was to miss some time. At least you have a really, really good second center to, to kind of back Zegers up there, so it saves yeah. your bacon a little bit. In that regard, uh, after Carlson, Dylan Larkin goes 134. Ouch. Sam Bennett, 135. Troy Terry, 136. Damn, I don't even have the ability to draft him and trade him to you. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, yeah. 137. And Brock Besser at 138. Starting to get to the nitty gritty here of just like players and their ADPs that are pretty gross. Um, so I. <laughs> I think I'm in a decent spot here to kind of try to salvage potentially my goaltending. Um, Hallibuck and Bennington, like I said, could be very good or very bad. Or one of them could be very good and the other one be bad. And then I'm still kind of in a shitty situation. So I think I'm in the first guy to take three goalies. But I, I'm just still a little hesitant. There's all, I'm a little gun shy with Hellebuck and Bennington. So I'm going to go Pavel Francouz. Some risky goalies in Hellebuck and Bennington. Francouz seems like the perfect number three. Very safe. Even if he's not their number one, he's only my number three. So if he starts 38 games, I can be completely fine with that. And he might be able to fix my save percentage or, or goals against average a little bit if Bennington or Hellebuck have a couple tough starts in a week. So I like feels it. like a good third option. I would have probably liked to grab another defenseman here sitting with only two defensemen in the 12th round or heading into the 13th round. Seems a little bit dicey, but there's not that many great options left there either. So... Give me a safe third goaltending option. After Francois, we had Nachushkin at 140, David Perron 141, Michael Bunting 142. Really like that pick. Ooh, and yeah. I think he pairs him with Austin Matthews as well. Yes, he does. Austin Matthews and Bunting together. Very nice. Uh, McAvoy, who's also going to be out until about, um, 
American Thanksgiving yep. goes at one forty three. See, so. I think his value is so much better than than Marchand. So, like, I, I love Marchand, but like McAvoy should be a top twelve defenseman when he's healthy, and like he's going at the back end of drafts. Here, yeah, well, so. he's he's going very late. Yeah. yeah. So I I and he, I mean he'll be out a little bit longer, but I think he's sh- they're hoping for January for him, right? So no, he's no, he's same like yeah, same he's time like time American oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. As well. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So that could even Boston's going to get really good at. Yeah, it might even be earlier than Marchand, but. Yeah, he looked great last year. Finally, took over the the top spot on that power yeah. play unit. So he is he is one that I would definitely be willing to take the hit for because you're not passing up on you know we're done filling out our starting rosters like I said and um you know you're not passing up on some really attractive options like you, you might be with Martian. Yeah, he and- takes the, he, he takes McAvoy as his fourth defenseman too. So like if Byron actually plays well and then McAvoy comes back as your fourth D, you're you're looking really good. Um, just one thing we didn't talk about on the D episode that we probably should have spoken about a little bit. Uh, it's McAvoy obviously out for a little while. Grislyk out for a little while as well. I think he's ex- at least expected to miss the first month, uh, month and a half. So Hompus Lindholm is somebody that you can pick up at a very low ADP. He's going to play huge minutes at 5v5, but he also sh- like should be their power play one quarterback Probably, to open the season. But you never know. They might just like randomly p- pick up a guy that we've never heard of. Yeah, like they have like other options. Like a couple of years ago. But he it could be Lindholm. Yeah. We saw him get some power play usage there. Uh, before so I just at the very end of your draft if you want to pick him up as a number four even for just sure. for the first couple months of the season um, I think Lindholm's got some value but 144 and 145 here for you Beebs. so pretty shook about that McAvoy pick couldn't believe he was he was making it and my eyes were getting bigger and bigger as he came but um I gotta just go back to the best player off the board here plus I got two picks so I can I can pick my other D with my next one um and have some time to think about it. But with my next one, I am going to take another center off the board. Oh my god, this guy loves centers. I know. I now have five. They're just too. They're, they're too good. Um, I just think I'll be able. To, I'll be able to fit them in with these these small rosters. But thirty thirty production. Thomas Hurdle coming off the board at one forty nine. Um, two hundred five shots last year. Again, thirty goals, thirty four assists. This guy should be leading uh, San Jose yet again alongside our boy Timu Meyer. I just really like this pick. I do believe Hurdle has potential too to gain other eligibility as the year goes. Um, no way. He's done it in years past, so you know uh, I could bank on it. But at the same time, uh, I just hate the names that are around here. Not hate because that's mean, but you know I hate him. Uh, it's so not a hate-filled podcast. We're going Thomas Hurdle here, and then at one fifty, the big old one five oh. I got Vince Dunn coming out of Seattle as my second defenseman. It was actually your his pick 145, but was it? Oh yeah, I'm totally reading off my terrible counting. So yeah, so one four five. We'll get all hyped about it again. We got Vince Dunn coming off. Um coming out of Seattle. This is someone who was kind of a huge breakout going into last year, and then uh, Mark Giordano just decided to take all his minutes on top power play and whatnot. But Mark Giordano is now a Maple Leaf. Um and since he's left, Vince Dunn put up nine assists in fifteen games. On way to averaging just below twenty four minutes. Uh, yeah, I, his I, usage went up massively. Crazy. After Giordano was traded. Yeah, he should be the number one D. Well, the number one power play defenseman out in Seattle. And at this point, if I'm looking to fill up my roster, I want guys uh, with high upside and um, ones who are who are on that top power play. There are guys going around me like Bowen Byram, thirty picks earlier, whatever it was. Um, not even that many, twenty picks earlier. Who's not even going to sniff the power play? So if I get a guy doing top power play, I think Seattle's going to be a lot more exciting this year. Bjorkstrand, um, Beniers, and Burakovsky is going to make a very exciting triple B line. Um, yeah, it's going to get me all year. But that triple B line uh, also makes a triple B power play. So uh, I want Vince Dunn part of that. And uh, I realistically am not looking at that many of nice names around him. Um, yeah, I, there's, no, I there's like, like Vince, nothing. Um, I like Vince done a lot yeah. this year. 
Yeah, the next D off the board, I guess, that I'm looking at would maybe like Spurgeon. Yeah, Spurgeon. And I'd rather have Dunn all day than Spurgeon or like a Ghost Despair or something like that. So I'll take uh, I'll take Dunn for now and hope that I can uh, kind of salvage this defense later on in the draft <laughs> with a couple more upside Later guys. on, we got three rounds left. You heard me, later <laughs> on. All right, David Krejci goes 146. Cam Atkinson, 147. Adrian Kempe, one of my sleeper picks, goes 148. Andrew Mangiapane, a guy that we all like, goes 149. That leaves me on the clock here at 150. Uh, it's getting to the point where you just kind of take your sleepers and run. So this one's easy for me. I'm going Taylor Hall. Um, he, had, he was my sleeper in the left wing episode. Makes a lot of sense. Um, and then with Marshawn missing on my team for the first um, couple months, Hall should seamlessly fit in and fill that Marshawn void on the top line with Krejci and Pasternak. So no issues here. Taylor Hall should be a nice safe pick for me and uh, alleviate some of my concerns about taking Marshawn in the eighth. Hopefully alleviate some of your concerns too, D. Uh, Nick Suzuki goes 151. Matt Murray, 152. Ryan O'Reilly, 153. Victor Olofsson, 154. And then Linus Allmark, 155. D, were you hoping to maybe get the Linus Allmark, Jeremy Swayman, one-two punch? I was not. I'm more confident in Swayman's ability to run with that job this year. So that's what I'm hoping and pulling for. All right. Um, I support it. So right now, uh, I only have, oh no, I'm good. I'm good. My only open spot right now in terms of the starting lineup is the defenseman. Um, I have one in mind that is typically going undrafted that I am hoping that I can easily grab with one of my last two picks. So I'm not going to be taking the defenseman in this swing. Um, and instead of that, or I guess my other options, what I'm looking for here pair of wingers for the bench and also a third goalie. Um, and there is a third goalie I have in mind that is uh, similar to the defenseman going undrafted for the most part. So I'm going to wait on the goalie and the D-man, and I'm going to look at what wingers are here right now. Um, so uh, should be no surprise. I'm going to opt for Blake Wheeler to start. Not you. Um, anyone who listened to the right wing episode and just the podcast in the last three or four years, they know I'm a fan, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, given the goal scoring of my starting forward group, I'm happy to add another assist heavy guy here like Wheeler and certainly late enough in the draft that if his usage does dip at all, like we were kind of, you know, talking about as the one big risk this year, happy to drop him and move on. But if he's still seeing 19 minutes a night with the top power play unit, really confident in his ability to give me a 65, 70 point pace over the full 82. Uh, this next one I'm much less confident in, but I'm going to go with Tyler Sagan here. Hey, great last name. Yeah. Um, Terrible. I'm hoping for a change in lineup structure. That's kind of my only play here because, uh, yeah, I just don't want to see him run out with Ben for another 82 games. Um, and DeBoer has taken over for Rick Bonus. It does seem like, um, well, Robertson's not in camp, so their lines have kind of been a bit of a mess. Yeah. Uh, Tommy's on the wing, though. No, it does seem like Tyler Seagan will be at center with Mason Marchman and mm-hmm. Dennis Giryanov. Mm-hmm. That that will most likely be their second line once Robertson gets back. It'll be Pavelski, Robertson, Hints on um, the top line, and then Seagan, Marchman, and Giryanov has their second line, and then Fax and Ben together on the third. That would be better. Yep. Um, what I'm really hoping for is maybe they give him some time on the wing this season. Uh, and, you know, see some time with some combination of hints, Robertson or Pavelski. Um, and then, you know, I, I think that would be his best route towards taking a step back that towards the perennial perennial point per game player um, that he used to be. So he's still just 31. Obviously, he's had some major injury issues that, you know, looks like he lost a step. 
but I think it's uh, I'm happy to kind of throw the dart here, see if anything looks a little bit different this year in terms of his usage or his underlying numbers. Uh, and again, I'm happy to drop him within the first couple of weeks if none of this comes to fruition. So uh, and Nylander's dual wing eligibility, uh, he could play left or right. Uh, really gives me that flexibility here. I don't have to worry about taking, you know, one each on the left and right side here. So I can double up with Wheeler and Sagan on the right. There it is. Uh, after Segan, we've got uh, Peyton Krebs, then Andre Burakowski, then Alexi Lafreniere, Jared Spurgeon, and Elvis Merzlikin. So again, you know, guys that I had fully expected to be here because they're my sleepers. They're going later. Um, easy pick again for me, just like Taylor Hall. I'm going Tyler Toffoli. Similar to Taylor Hall, Toffoli was my sleeper in the right wing episode. So feeling great about getting both of them here, back-to-back picks. At the moment, Toffoli is scaling the top line with Lindholm and Huberto. Daryl Sutter absolutely loves this guy. Did you hear what he said about like what the difference between Kachuk and Toffoli is? Yes. So like they're like, it was like the first after the first day of training camp, Floyd was on the top line, and they asked like Sutter, what what's the difference between the two of them? And like you know Sutter, like just literally zero emotion. <laughs> He's just like, well, one of them uh, has a Stanley Cup, and the other one doesn't. Like that was, <laughs> yeah, just threw so much shade at Mac and Chuck, and I was like, well, Sutter, oh, well, Sutter won, it, won it with him. Yeah, too, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So he loves Tyler Toffoli. I love Tyler Toffoli. I like that he's going to be on the top line with those two. So easy pick for me. Also has left wing, right wing eligibility. So if you look at my roster right now, I've got Toffoli uh, left wing, right wing eligible. I've got Fiala left wing, right wing eligible. I've got uh, Stam Coast Center left wing eligibility. So there should be uh, plenty of flexibility of moving my lineup around um, during the daily lineup changes. So Toffoli goes to me in the 14th round. Right after him, one of my other sleepers from the center episode, Vincent Trocek. Uh, Matt Barzell goes next, followed by Matty Benier. So a little string of centers. Luckily, Biebs is certainly not looking for more of them, <laughs> so he should be fine. Uh, and then Philip Grubauer goes um, second to the last pick in the 14th round, leaving Biebs on the clock <laughs> with two picks here. As someone who literally cannot fit another center in the lineup, I love seeing the the, the triple C's go. Yep. Um, the triple C's means I need a D. And uh, <laughs> Shane Gosses bears my guy here. Currently going, yeah, very late, very late. But uh, I think I'm getting a steal here, fellas. Jacob Chitrin currently hurt in Arizona, asking for a trade out. There really isn't much offense coming off the back end in Arizona. People don't want to touch their defenseman because they're going to absolutely obliterate their plus minus. But I'm getting Gosses Bear, who placed last year 15th among defensemen in points with 51, 8th in goals with 14, and 20th in power play uh, per time on ice in game. So this is a guy who's absolutely eating ice time on the power play. Um, he's on a bad team, but if... I just need points here from my defenseman, and I need defensemen. So uh, I'll take a guy who I can kind of count on for 50 points at this point in the draft. Uh, I think he's the best point option you could get here on the back end, and we are choosing from scraps. I'm going to make a crazy move here, though, fellas. Oh, no. I don't know if anyone's, Not another center. I don't know if anyone's ever done this in a draft. Uh, we might have to contact Ripley's, uh, let them know, but I'm taking a second Arizona defenseman back to back. I am going up with Jacob Chitrin. I talked about him a second ago, currently hurt. Um, he's expected to miss indefinite amount of time this year. He's had some crazy (laughs) things happen. Some bone spurs removed, uh, from his ankles, which you don't love to see, but Jacob Chitrin is expected to be back. Um, they say relatively early. So you do like hearing that he has demanded a trade away from Arizona. And this is a guy who realistically could use, 
anywhere but Arizona. So you're just banking on this trade. Big time. Uh, even if not, though, uh, Chitron was a guy last year many people were taking off the board as like their 12th, 13th D-man. Yeah, probably our so, fault a little bit. Yeah, me getting him this deep. Uh, we love him for good reason, though. He gets a ton of shots. Even last year with his just terrible season, um, if he wouldn't have gotten injured... He was on pace for 260 shots across 82 games. That would have placed him in the top five in fantasy defenseman shooting. So, realistically, he stays in Arizona. He takes Goss Bear's spot. I drop Goss Bear off, um, and I go get whatever hot D-man sitting there. I just, if he gets traded, we could be looking at a guy who jumps on a top power play, 200-plus power, 200-plus shots. If not, though, there's nothing wrong with this pick. He's my second-last player off the board. Um, I just think that his ceiling is super high here. I, I, I like him as a as a sleeper for my team. Um, so I will take Jacob Chitrin with the double Arizona pick. I just wanted to set things ablaze at this point. In the yeah, so your defense with Vince Dunn, Shane Goss to spare, um, and Jacob Chitrin just going to absolutely light your plus minus on fire. But that's yeah, fine. I hate plus minus. Doesn't I, matter. I, yeah, uh, never just mailing, it in, it. mailing yeah. it in there. Igor Sharangovich goes next at 170. Tyson Berry, 171, which stings a little bit. I was kind of hoping for Tyson even... If he doesn't, Bouchard doesn't steal. We're wrong about Bouchard. I think Barry still is a tremendous value this late in the draft. But uh, he goes next at 171. Trubo, 172. Neil Pionk, that one stinks too, uh, 173. So at 174 here, 15th round, 6th pick. I need to either take one of my favorite breakout picks or grab a defenseman. Because if I don't grab a defenseman here, I'm not going to fill out my defenseman. But... I've got Brad Marchand, who's going to start the year on IR. I feel fine just picking up a fourth defenseman off of waivers. I'm sure there'll be somebody half-decent available. And I can't pass on Seth Jarvis. Um, Brock's boy. There's also just not that many good D-men left. So it's... I basically just given up on defensemen. I mean, Beebs just went back-to-back here. with Coyotes. So it just kind of speaks to the pool of remaining defensemen. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to move Marshawn to my IR, pick Jarvis here. I add another winger that's going to help fill in for Marshawn while he's out. I'll pick a fourth defenseman up off of IR. But yeah, Jarvis going to be on the top line with Sebastian Aho, who I already have on my team. I'm pairing them together. I love that. So easy pick for me. One of my favorite breakout candidates this season. After Jarvis goes Hompus Lindholm, we just spoke about not that long ago at 175. Ryan Hartman goes 176. Semyon Varlamov, 177. Hope that wasn't the goal you were looking at, D. Mm-mm. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev, 178. And TJ Oshi 179. So, D, you get to close out this draft before everybody else. Lucky. With pick 180 and 181. How are you wrapping things up? Perfect. No stalling necessary. Um, like, like I said, I had these two picks planned out at the last swing. Uh, both of these guys are going undrafted on average, so not uh, surprising to see them both be available for me here. So, needed that fourth defenseman. Uh, and I was always going to have a third goalie to rotate in. So with both of these guys having an ADP of over 180, uh, like I said, pretty confident they were going to fall. So I'm going to go ahead and take Josh Morrissey. Um, finally got an extended run on the Jets' top power play unit last year, so I'm hoping that continues into this season. Offers a lot more shot volume than really any other defenseman you're going to find um, still on the board at this point. Like we're, I think he's like defenseman 35 at this point, so... Um, yeah, one of my favorite late round defensemen for sure to go after this year. Um, and then I'm going to go with James Reimer as my third goalie. He had a very respectable 9-11 save percentage last season. We talked about how we think um, the Sharks, uh, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll be kind of somewhere in that, um, you know, 20 to or maybe 18 to 24 range. Like, I, I think, you know, they're not the worst team. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they'll be. They're no uh, Zona or Chicago. Yeah, I don't think they'll be one of the big players in the lottery. I think they'll finish outside of the bottom five. So 
Uh, it's obviously not a great pick, but he should be the clear cut number one uh, enough where I can really pick my matchups with him. So um, I feel good about his individual play that if it's a good matchup for the Sharks and, you know, they're a coin flipper better to win the game, uh, then I'm happy to add him to the rotation. Um, and yeah, can can really just kind of pick and choose when to use him. I'm not going to start him against the Avalanche, the Leafs, or the Lightning, uh, but I'll probably start him against Arizona. Thank you. Anaheim. Yep. I just didn't want to disparage any fan base. Oh, sorry. So he just left it up to me? Yes. All right. So D's wrapped up his draft. And just to let you know, Morrissey would have been D44 off the board there wow. for you. So very late for Josh Morrissey. David Severson at 182. Philip Grubauer, 183. Jake Sanderson, 184. Tyler Bertuzzi, 185. Jakob Verano, 186. Two really, wings right before Brock. Yeah, two wings. I needed a defenseman anyway, and Maritz Seider went a long time ago, so I'm not that worried. I'm going to close out my draft. I don't love it, but I'm going to go with Jakob Slavin. I basically just said I, I've punted defensemen at this point. Um, I went hard on wingers. It is what it is. I'm going to be – this is going to be the weakest part of my team, but I think it's – I think Slavin's fine. He's going to still put up 40 points probably. He's going to play monster minutes. His plus minus is going to be elite. Um, he'll get a couple power play points here and there. So I think my two defensemen, my studs, Shabbat and Theodore are, are good enough where I'll be fine with Slavin as a three. Uh, I'm hoping uh, I can pick up somebody like maybe like a Gustav Forsling or something off of waivers once I um, put Marshawn on IR. So I'm feeling okay about that unit. It's not great, but um, I went with the third goalie a little bit early. I grabbed an injured Marshawn a little bit early. So this was always going to happen, and I'm and I'm okay with it because uh, just kind of looking at my team, I just said Slavin's going to have an elite plus minus. But like when you look at my team, there's not going to be like one minus player on this entire squad except for maybe Thomas Shabbat. I mean, every single one of these guys is going to be plus twenty. I'm looking at mine, and I think every single one is going to be negative. 20, yeah, when so. I like every guy on my team is going to be plus twenty. I'm going to have my team's going to finish plus six hundred this year, which is like obviously not a stat that we really give a shit about, but it just kind of happened. You know that, that meme of the kid in second place celebrating? Yeah, that's Brock with yeah. his plus minus plus six hundred, the best yeah. team ever. But uh, Vitek Vanasek goes one eighty eight. John Gibson one eighty nine. Got to be the latest he's ever Woo. gone. Oliver Bjorkstrand, 190. Phil Kessel, 191. Close out the draft with pick 192 here, Biebs. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sitting with a glaring hole at left wing right now, so I might as well go with... Why, because you took nine centers? Could be it. But uh, <laughs> And two Arizona defensemen. But uh, I'm actually super, super happy with this team. So to close it out with our Terry Lackanen from the best team in the world, the Wait Colorado Avalanche. Uh, last year, after the trade... Lackanen put up six goals and nine points in 16 games with the team. Um, this year, there is an injury out in Colorado. His name is Gabriel Landeskog, and uh, Lackanen should be should be just plopped in that top six very nicely up there. Should give him some time to, time to cook early in the season, hopefully then to trade him to one of these other teams out here for some that they drafted in the 100th round, or sorry, 100th overall area. So I love Lackanen. It's, uh, you know, it's a risky pick. Not really at all. It's, it's my last, last pick, pick of the, of the draft. draft. I'm totally kidding. But um, if I can grab someone on Colorado who might t- touch top power play, uh, I think it's an absolute steal with this last pick. And, uh, you know, wasn't too many, too many great left winger, right wingers on the board. Well, we, uh, we, I, I thought about taking uh, taking our massive Russian out in Vancouver there, but I, I don't need another right winger, um, and that is Kuzmenko. So uh, here we are, grabbing our Terry Lekkinen with the, uh, I forget what they call it when you get drafted last overall in uh, in, in actual drafts, but he's getting that award. In Mr. Our Irrelevant. That's it, Mr. Irrelevant. Our Terry Lekkinen. Um Okay, let's just quickly roll back through our teams, um, and why don't we give our favorite and least favorite picks really quick of the draft. D, uh, you were the last or the first one to finish off your team, so why don't you uh, just run through your team and who's your favorite, who's your least favorite pick so far? Sure. Based on how the draft shook out. Right. Okay. Um, 
So Hughes and Zegris uh, are my two starting centermen. I have Tage Thompson on the bench if Zegris misses time. Uh, and then Ovechkin and Connor, certainly one of the strengths of my team there on left wing. Patrick Patrick Kane, excuse me, William Nylander at right wing. Uh, and then moving to defense, was able to salvage it despite waiting until I think it was the ninth or eighth round maybe to take Dougie. So Dougie, Bouchard, Carlson, uh, and Josh Morrissey to close it out there. And then in goal, like I said, uh, really didn't set out for it to be a strength of the team, but I really like how it came together. I got Sarles and Swayman. Um, and then Reimer backing them up. Uh, and then my two wingers off the bench are Blake Wheeler and Tyler Sagan. Um, I think if I had to have a favorite pick, it would be Swayman. Um, I definitely was really happy at the time to get him there. He was by far the best goalie on the board. Um, and I think I would have been in pretty big trouble just in terms of my goaltending had he not fallen to me. And like I said, I really like his chances of running with that job this year. So uh, I think instead of goaltending being a, a major question mark on this team, it ends up being uh, a strength. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll go with the Swayman pick. If I end up getting the 12th overall pick, I hope my team looks like yours because that looks like an absolute wagon of a squad. Uh, who's your least favorite pick? You've got to pick one out of this wagon. Um, It's the least favorite player is Tyler Sagan, but I think the reason I had to take Sagan there was because I took Thompson with, in the 11th round. And even though I really like Tage this year, I, I think I could have taken a winger there. Um, looking at the board, it wouldn't have been great, but it could have been like Terry, Besser, or Perron. Probably Perron is where I would have gone with that. Um, and then I wouldn't have had to settle for Sagan as my second bench winger. Could have got like a Trocek, Barzell, yeah, or Beniers. Exactly. That spot. Yeah, one of those guys uh, could have been my backup center instead. I probably would have went with Trocek there. Um, and yeah, I would kind of... Uh, I would have felt okay about him sliding in. But having said that, like I said, I feel pretty good about Tage being the guy that needs to step up and his goal scoring upside is, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's a 35 goal score left in the draft at that point. So it's not a major regret, but um, I think in a perfect world, I seen how it played out. I would have taken, uh, like I said, a winger there, probably Perron and could then, have had and then or Barzell or Beniers on the way back. All right, yeah, it's a wagon of a team. It's hard to find a real issue with it. Uh, I'll go next here. Again, I had the sixth overall pick. My two centers are Sebastian Aho and Rube Hintz. At left wing, I've got Steven Stamkos and Evander Kane. Kucherov and Fiala at right wing. Uh, my defense is the clear weak point on the team, but Theodore and Shabbat feeling great about both of them. Slavin as my third defenseman. Certainly would rather have Eric Carlson, but Slavin will be okay. Uh, based on the way my team shook out. And then in, in between the pipes, we've got Hellebuck and Binnington. Francois as the number three. I feel really good about my goaltending. Um, again, I, it could go the wrong way. I think the chances of it going poorly are much lower um, than the chances of it going very, very well. Um, and then I have on the bench, Brad Marsh. I'm going to be going to IR to pick up a defenseman. And then I've got Taylor Hall, Tyler DeFoley, and Seth Jarvis. So really pleased with how my team uh ended up shaking out. I, I wish that maybe I could have gotten something a little bit different than Fial in the fourth. Like I love Fial. I just felt like it was a little early, but the way things kind of worked out, I think it'll be fine. Um, but my favorite pick, honestly, at the time we, we kind of discussed it and, you know, Marshawn seems a little bit risky, but now looking at how I was able to add Hall to Foley and Seth Jarvis at the end of the draft, I think my favorite pick is actually Brad Marshawn. Um, like I said, if he, if he can play 60 games, he'll have around 73 points based on his averages over the last three years. Um, and that would have ranked 16th in the NHL from December on last year. So 
Give me 60th best player in terms of points in the eighth round for the second part of the season. I'm feeling really good about that. So Marshawn in the eighth is probably my favorite. The way the draft kind of worked out, though, I think Binnington's actually probably my least favorite pick just because I I probably would have went defenseman again. Um, I would have picked Rasmus Anderson there had I known that I could have gotten Pavel Francouz in the 12th and then Pretty Murray. much anybody else that was left, like I, I would have even been fine with grabbing John Gibson yeah. um, in the last round as opposed to Slavin. Like I think it could have been a little different. I would have felt fine with Francois as my two. Um, could have, you know, I like Vanasek a lot as well. Even Grubauer doesn't, you know, as a number three, I think is perfectly serviceable. That team was great defensively last year, so I don't see why they can't. He can't improve a little bit. So. Again, we're kind of splitting hairs. I still like having Bennington, but getting Rasmus Anderson there would have probably changed the outlook of my team a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I said, pretty weak on the blue line. But Biebs, um, who is your favorite pick and who is on? who ended up making your team? At center, you've got everybody. I was going to say, I got all the centers, boys. So if anyone wants them, your center merchant this year. But I got Connor McDavid and Braden Point as my starting two centers. Uh, on left wing, I got Artemi Panarin and Terry Lekkinen. Uh, those names are incredibly similar. And then I have on right wing, David Pasternak and Drake Batherson, followed up by my 4D, which is clearly my weakest part of my squad. I got uh, Quinn Hughes, Vince Dunn, Shane Gossespierre, and then Jacob Truba, who will be going directly to my IR. Jacob Chikrin. That's exactly who it is. It's Jacob Chikrin. It's not Truba, but it's still going straight to that IR. I wish it was Truba. Yeah. With my uh, in in that I have a very strong tandem in Frederick Anderson and Tristan Yari, two top ten ranked goalies in my rankings and I think in our DFO rankings. So you love to see that. My bench very strong, very center filled, but Mark Shifley over a point per game, Robert Thomas over a point per game, and then Lucas Raymond and Thomas Hurdle closing it out. Um, on, my favorite pick and my uh, least favorite pick came back to back this year, fellas. Um, it was Lost Yeah, no, it was those two. But no, it was uh, it was at, my favorite pick was Lucas Raymond, strictly just to see Brock's face drop. Ouch! But no, that I was think great. I think uh, I think getting a right winger, which is clearly one of the the weaker positions of the draft this late in the draft, um, who is capable of thirty goals and a point per game, if he does take that next step, um, we're looking at one of the elite young talents in the league here. I think for the risk that I took on him, it, it, it could turn out very good for me, especially with how center heavy I am. I do have other guys who can make up for it if he doesn't turn into that. Um, so I'm very happy with Lucas Raymond. I got him in the mid 100s. Um, and then my least favorite pick came right before him. It was uh, Robert Thomas. It's just, you, we've talked about it so many times. My centers were super heavy. There's a couple, I would have really liked Thomas Chabot there looking back at it to kind of round up my defense a little bit more. I'm a little bit worried about Robert Thomas. The shot production isn't quite there with just, uh, he's probably my lowest shooter on the team yeah, for uh, sure. by a mile. So uh, Robert Thomas, I just don't really expect a point per game this year, but at the same time, he does have a ceiling that's capable of it and he could be uh make me shut my mouth in a couple days or sorry a couple months he's kind of just um, like the weirdest player to project yeah. this year because like if he does up his shuffle he could be really 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 good but then like he could also have 70 assists like yeah. he could be outstanding i like him a lot i just i there's so much depth there None, nobody really plays like yeah a shitload like o'reilly still eats so much ice and it's uh i love thomas it's just he's a difficult player to project because he still goes fairly early and it's like all assists right yeah um but yeah, that yeah. was fun, boys. It was good. Uh, I'm happy with my team. Yeah, uh, speaking of being happy with your teams, uh, I will put a little graphic together, tweet these out, uh, put them on Instagram, 
Beebs' team, Brock's team, Dylan's team. You guys chime in. Tell us which team you think has the best chance at winning. If I'm being completely unbiased, I like Dylan's team the most probably. Yeah. I Boom. liked it. I liked it the way it was just going the whole draft. It just seemed like every pick, it was like, oh, these two just landed to you. It all went to plan. It, it, it went, it, yeah, it, it did go very, very well. Personally, like the Makar Byram team for no apparent reason. Yes. Um, there are some good teams <laughs> out there too. Uh, a couple of reaches though, where I feel like we were able to slot people in but that's why yahoo adp and yahoo rankings and, and our rankings are two different so when you head into your draft make sure you pick up a free 100 free dfo draft kit we've got a uh projections for over 650 players we've got detailed player profiles for over 300 players we have top 250 rankings we have a customizable rankings tool we also have these hours and hours and hours of podcasts we have uh features that are being updated every single day we've got lots of fun stuff coming uh, playoff schedule breakdowns, just early season schedule break, lots of shit still coming, still going to be added to this draft kit. So please check it out. It's 100% free and you won't have to follow Yahoo's rankings and draft something like team three over here. Um, yeah. You can have something like Biebs's, Brock's, or Dylan's team and win a championship. So enjoy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back here next week uh, for... Who knows what? We're yeah. not even Could sure. Could be anything. Could be anything. Yeah. But lots more fantasy content coming your way in the coming week. So uh, enjoy the Blue Stones on your way out. I'm Brock Seeker. I got Dylan D. Berthy. Right. Michael B's bonding to my left. See you next week. Fellas. Three solid squads. Peace. History at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.